There is nothing like an engaging conversation. Whether it's with a longtime friend or even someone you've just met, life is richer with great conversations. On our Conversations at Olive podcast, we are creating episodes that we pray will help you connect with not only our ministry team leaders and gracious church members, but also with the spirit of the living God. Our hope is that the stories you will hear over the next season will help you deepen your walk in faith. In today's episode, our pastor, Dr. Ted Trailer, introduces our friend, Paul Tripp. Paul's testimony of healing is that of modern-day miracles. Here's Pastor. Well, thank you for joining us and uh, listening in for a moment today as uh, my good friend, church member here, Paul Tripp's a part of our family. And uh, Paul, you've had uh, quite a journey in uh, how long has this thing been going on with you? So it had been going on for uh, quite a period of time. Okay. Um, and just to give you a little bit of background about it, um, about 12 years ago, I started developing some pain in my teeth. I went through some pretty extensive dental work by several dental professionals, um, still had pain. And so I was sent to a neurologist who diagnosed me with trigeminal neuralgia, uh, which is also known as a suicide disease because of the intensity and severity of the pain. Let's hang on there for a minute. I don't know what, what you say that word was, tri what? Trigeminal neuralgia. Okay. And so it's a real, is that a real painful issue? Um, is that they, what brings this about? Yes. So they say it's um, the worst pain that's known to mankind if you Google it. And it's also called the suicide disease because okay. of the severity of the pain. And basically you have a trigeminal nerve in your brain that uh, operates about three major nerves in your face, uh -huh. um, around your teeth, around your nose, and around your eyes. In is this case, like an extensive headache or is it just all over? Um, it is. It is like sticking your hand into a 240-volt socket. Well, now I got it. <laughs> and, and experiencing these electrical shock-type syndromes that you really don't know when they're going to come on. Um, you don't know how long they're going to last. Mm. Um, but it's just very, very uh, debilitating. And a lot of people, to be honest with you, end up taking their lives yeah. um, from and it. And you've walked through this by God's grace, and he has really been... Uh, uh, the healer in your life through this. He has been the extreme healer. And, um, you know, my situation was a little different. Um, my trigeminal neuralgia was caused from a large brain tumor that had actually compressed a trigeminal nerve in my brain. And so it was considered kind of an inoperable type situation by several neurosurgeons that my wife and I went to go see. And one night, um, I woke up, and usually where a pain episode would last maybe five minutes, it went on for about two hours. And I woke my wife up, and I looked at her, and I said, Felice, I know you'll be taken care of. I said, but I just want God to bring me home right now. I said, I cannot take the pain any longer. And the next Sunday, when we were in small group, I brought it up as a prayer request. And I asked for prayer that God would somehow lead me um, to where I could find someone that could possibly help me or heal me. And an individual that was in our small group came up afterwards. And he said, I know a private neurosurgeon, and I'm going to contact him right after the service and get you in with him. And I think he can help you, which was an answer to prayer because we had already been turned down by several other neurosurgeons that said, we just can't help you. And so my wife and I went up to Birmingham to go see him. And he's a very strong Christian. 
And he said, Paul, I know the severity of the pain you're in. He said, we're going to get you on the operating table as soon as we can. So they performed surgery on December 9th. Um, they thought it would last two hours. When he got in there, he couldn't get the brain tumor out. He said it was too hard. And so he actually went and got radiation, broke it apart in my brain, handpicked it out for six hours. And he said while they were doing that, he said, we actually saw God perform a miracle. He said, um, we saw your trigeminal nerve lift back into place. We saw your brain stem actually shift over a little bit. And he said, there's no other way to explain it except God was in the operating room and he healed you. Wow. And from that minute on, I've known that the only reason God healed me and the only reason God saved me was so that he could use me to share his story of what he's able to do in your life these days. And that's been my goal and kind of my mission Amen. is to continue to share that. Now, d did your pain go away or do you still have some or what, what, what happened with that? So, so when he broke the tumor apart, it released the pressure on my trigeminal nerve and the pain instantly went away. And so he said the toughest part of all this is going to be the recovery to see what sort of side effects you have and whether the pain returns. So there were two parts to my recovery. One was a physical recovery. Um, it lasted about eight weeks. It actually went very well. I had to undergo some radiation treatments with it. But the toughest part of my recovery, to be honest with you, was my mental and emotional recovery. Um, the pain I had gone through for a year had just taken its toll on me. Yeah. There's just no other way to explain it. And when I was preparing for surgery, I received tons of cards, emails, um, and letters from people all over the Southeast that had heard about my situation. And I organized a little prayer basket. And I put them all in a little prayer basket, and I kept them right there by my bed. And as I was lying in bed recovering, I got the prayer basket out, and I started rereading through the cards. And God began to work on me, and he showed me four things. One, he showed me how large your Christian family really is. And, you know, the support I got from our small group here at church was just incredible. Um, I love the corporate body of worship, but the small group is where we make our connections and where yes, we sir. help each other with needs. And I know that there were people praying for me, that there were people that visited me in the hospital while I was in Birmingham that I didn't know, that I knew I would never meet again or would never meet if it was just a card or a call checking on me. But God showed me the reach of how big your Christian family is. And I think God tells us to pray for others, even if we don't know them, for we know there's a need out there. And that's exactly what these people were doing. And it just showed me to never underestimate the size and the reach of God's family. And the second thing he showed me was to place my unconditional trust in him. Uh, my wife and I came to the altar to pray the Sunday before my surgery. And as we prayed, I told God, I've tried to handle my situation too much myself. I know you have a plan for my life, and your plan is bigger than just me. So do what you need to do with me and my brain tumor to carry out your plan. And thank you, no matter what happens, my eternity is secure with you. And 
pastor, at that moment, as my wife and I got up, all of a sudden my burden was lifted and a peace began to settle in with me about my situation because I knew no matter what happened, I was going to be okay. And the third thing God showed me was to reach out to others who are going through difficult times. You know, a lot of times we may shy away from people because it's awkward for us. Yes. We don't know what to say. You know, Paul's got a brain tumor. I, how do I go and approach him about that or whatever? And it's not as much about what you say. It's just being there for him. And a lot of times it may just be dropping a meal off at the door. It may be just giving someone a hug and say, I'm praying for you. But it's just being there and for people to know that they really are cared about, that they really are loved. You know, Paul, and, it, it, that makes me think of, I, I share with almost every family when they're going through a, a, a situation where they've lost a loved one, they're going to be there for the viewing it, it, before the, the night before the service. And I always tell them, I said, you're going to hear some of the dumbest stuff you've ever heard in your life. Yes. And that's because people really don't know what to say. But I said, they're coming because they love you. And, and I tell others, when you don't know what to say, just like you're saying, just be there because you being present and sometimes being silent is, can be the best thing. A hug or a card or I love you. Uh, you don't have to answer all the questions. And that's what people were was doing for you. And now what you're being able to do uh, for some other folks. That's exactly right. And, and, you know, one particular couple sticks out in my mind. Um, I heard the doorbell ring. I went to the door and I answered it. And it was a young couple standing there with a meal, and they said, we don't know what to say. <laughs> and we aren't really good with words. We just want you to know that we care, and we've been praying for you. Amen. They handed me the meal, and they walked off. And I went back to my room and laid in my bed, and I began to tear up because I thought about what a big step this couple had taken that they may not know what to say, and it, and, and it may feel a little out of the unusual form, but they just wanted to be there and show someone that they were caring about them and that they loved them. Yes, sir. And the fourth thing that God showed me as I read through those cards was share your story. Um, as I began to share my story publicly, God opened up a ministry for me as people began contacting me locally and from all over the southeast on how I got through my situation as they were facing similar illnesses and wanted help. And, you know, God provides us opportunities to share in different ways and different venues. And a while back, I attended a large leadership conference, and the topic of the conference was resiliency. I remember you telling me this story. This is incredible what the Lord opened here. Tell us about that and that conference you were in. Yes, and... So the speaker opened up the conference by saying, would someone be willing to share a time when they were resilient? And as I looked around the room, nobody raised their hand, so I raised mine. And I began to share my story of how I could be resilient through my brain tumor because of my belief in God, my faith in God, and because God had lifted my burden when I placed my unconditional trust in God. And I ended my story by saying, that my brain tumor was one of the biggest blessings of my life because of the way it changed me and because of the platform God gave me to share with others. And the speaker took the mic back and she said, 
wow, <laughs> this is a mic drop moment. She said, Paul just called his brain tumor a blessing. Later on that day, as the afternoon session began, she said, I want to go back to Paul, and I want Paul to share more of his story about how he got through his brain tumor. And so this gave me an opportunity to share more of my testimony about why I could place my unconditional trust in God, that God has a plan for each of our lives, and we are all part of a bigger plan, which is his plan, and that I had asked God to take me and my brain tumor and use it for whatever he needed to do to carry out his plan because I knew my eternity was secure with him. And, you know, Pastor, I'm not sure how what I said that day impacted anyone in the conference, but I know that God often uses us as just a link in the process of carrying out his plan. And if we'll be bold enough to share our story, God will take it from there. Yes, sir. We just have to be willing, and everyone has a story. Certainly, if you're a believer, you have a story to share with others. And we just need to be bold enough to be able to um, share that story. And in closing, um, I just want to say that it's beautiful to be on the mountaintop, but sometimes we really don't develop much character until we're down in the valley. Wow. And when I was in the valley, God took an ordinary individual like me whose body was badly broken and what the world felt was a tragedy, and he turned it into something good. And today my faith has never been stronger, and I know these two things. What the enemy means for evil, God always turns it for good. And even in your darkest valley, God is always working it for the good. Well, Paul, you, you, you've been uh, through an incredible journey, and the Lord has uh, been found faithful and has changed your life and drawn you there. And uh, we just give him glory today and thank you for sharing uh, your journey uh, with us. And I know this will bless others and just encourage people. As I look back before you pray, I think of that small group, how important it is to be involved with others in a small group. The writing, that basket of notes, how important, uh, just a card or a text or a meal, just small things that we do. And then when you and your dear wife at that altar just laid everything over on God, you have to come to that total surrender moment to say, Lord, whether I live or die, I'm yours and you be glorified. And you came to those places. What a great story. I appreciate you sharing with us today. And I want you to pray for the people that would be listening and just ask the favor of God to be on them uh, and that this story might be a blessing unto them. Sure. Amen. Father, how thankful we are today that we are your children. And Father, we love you. And we know that you know each one of us by name. Father, you know our pains. You know our illnesses. And you know our private personal sufferings. And Father, we take all of these today and we lay them at your feet. And we ask for healing. We ask, Father, for peace, calmness, and comfort where there's anxiety, 
and we ask for wisdom for both us and for the medical professionals that help us with all of these different situations. And Father, I don't know what each individual need is today, but you do. And Father, I just pray that you would teach us and that you would remind us to take all of our burdens and to place them at your feet and to place our unconditional trust in you. Knowing, Father, that no matter the circumstance, no matter the outcome, you are always with us. And Father, we just love you and we thank you today for sending us a Savior. In Christ's name, amen. 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 Thank you, Brother Paul. What an awesome conversation. Our thanks to Paul for listening to the Holy Spirit's urging to share his story. We are all blessed to be able to hear what our great God has done in his life and to learn how we too can follow him. We look forward to more conversations coming soon. If you have any questions or comments about today's episode, please email us at conversations at olivebaptist.org. That's conversations at olivebaptist.org. Until next time, have a conversation about God with someone soon.